As a funeral director, we do have to be there for children who are facing grief. And I would love to see if maybe Disney can put out something that's inspirational for how kids could handle grief because yeah. we grew up on it. <laughs> right. Welcome to Seriously Catherine, a podcast about taking your business seriously, but not yourself. All right, hot takes are up this week, and we are talking about the diva, the icon. No, it's not Taylor Swift. It's Madonna. I mean, Madonna is the definition of diva, the definition of icon. She's been around for decades. So in Seattle this past weekend, Madonna was on stage, and she was doing a chair number and she fell back off of her chair and she's fine because she's Madonna of course she has like a million lives right so Madonna has a sold out celebration tour which I guess is like a greatest hits she's a powerhouse that has like spanned genres she's done country she's done pop she's done rock and roll I love Madonna I think she's amazing she's an enigma like you want to just watch her and see what's going to happen next I don't know like role model for young girls Probably not, but just think that she's so relevant, and I think we need to give her a break if she fell off her chair. It doesn't even sound like it was her fault, and hopefully that choreographer that dropped her, <laughs> that dropped her chair and made her fall back, didn't lose his job. I think it's pretty cool that she's still selling out tours. Sometimes maybe people are like, oh, you know what? She's got to like just stop already. Like kick, kick your heels up and retire already, lady. But she loves what she's doing. I just think like how amazing for someone at 65 years old to still be killing it and loving what she's doing. And she doesn't give a f what you think, whether she should be stopping. No, Madonna cares not what you think of her. And I love that. That's my hot take. All right, this week in Saratoga, all the news is all about paid parking. I have to tell you, when I first moved to Saratoga, I had lived in Boston, I lived in New York City for a little bit, and was living in New Orleans when I moved here, and I was quite shocked that there were no metered parking or paid parking options. Like, even the public garages were, at the time, were not paid. So now we have this beautiful, state-of-the-art parking lot that is attached to the city center, there's always a parking spot in that paid lot. But it's because we have all this amazing unpaid parking opportunities, which is going to change in May. They're going to roll out a pilot of paid parking opportunities for you. And we'll see how it goes. You know, Saratoga isn't one of those towns that goes quietly into the future. It's always pushed back with change. So I tip my hat to you, Jason Golub, for putting and imposing this program where we'll be able to charge for parking get some revenue into the city, which I think is great because it's a very touristy town. So I do believe that if people are coming into Saratoga, they're not going to not come because they got to pay for parking. I don't think that's, you know, reality. So let's see how it goes. I'm excited. What I do like about this is Broadway is completely off limits, like because they, they know better than to mess with Broadway, the downtown main event. So they are going to start enforcing this two hour thing, especially on Broadway, because nothing there is really changing other than, you know, they're going to enforce the rule. I have a map here that you can find on on Saratoga Living's website, and it's a map of like what is going to be two-hour or permit holders, what's going to be permit only, and then what is going to be visitor paid parking. So the public parking lots that have historically been free, like Walton and Woodlawn, and between Spring Street and Phyla, there's another public parking right there. Cross Street from Ben and Jerry's, that has historically been free. That's not going to be free anymore. Your free parking space is over. So that's going to be visitor paid parking behind Putnam Market is going to be uh, paid parking, um, which I think is good. Good. 
you pay for parking, okay? So yeah, Henry Streets can be two-hour or permit holders. So you as a resident, as an employee to downtown, you can register your vehicle. If you have a visitor coming in, you can register your visitor and your guests to park in the permit only. I'm excited. I love change. I love evolution. And you know what this means? It means that our city's growing and we are adapting. We are evolving. So again, I'm really excited to see how it all unfolds. You know there's going to be people with pitchforks, but like, come on, come all. And it's going to be good for the city. It's going to bring in some revenue. We're going to crack down on the people who are getting tickets. That's me. I'll probably get a ticket because, you know, it's supporting the local economy. And this is going to be a hot, like a pilot from May to September. So I am sure there will be lots of opportunities for public forum to state your case if you'd like it, if you don't like it. Our commissioners will take that into consideration and then we'll go into the future. It's going to be great in the beautiful city of Saratoga Springs. We are changing our parking laws. All right, guys, on this week's episode of Seriously, Catherine, I'm joined by Brittany DeMarco Furman. She is the funeral director of Glenville Funeral Home. She's a mom. She's a funeral director. She's an author. She's a wife. She's just a badass. And I can't wait to share her story with you. We talked about our joint love of Disney and her experience as a funeral director. And we talked a lot about the grieving process and and how people process death and it was such an insightful conversation being that I just went to two funerals in the last month this is a fascinating and inspiring conversation so let's get right into it all right so you are I I like to call multi-talented multi-passionate and what I love so much about you is that you just go for it like if your goal is to write a book if your goal is to own a car dealership if your goal is to take over the family business if your goal is to go on a Disney cruise you're go you're all in I am all in. Yep. Yeah. You just tell me and I will jump for it. I love it. I love it. So first and foremost, I was like living vicariously through you while you were on the Disney cruise, but it took a turn. Oh my gosh. It took a turn. We were supposed to be on the Disney fantasy, but it was the curse of the Black Pearl. Oh my gosh. And you're like obsessed with mermaids, right? So oh, you're yes. like totally lived that life. You... And Ariel wasn't on the boat. And thank goodness I had my long red hair back uh, a month ago when I was on the ship because I had to play the part. So I had a full-on mermaid gown with the seashell headband, and the little kids were, like, looking at me. I was like, all right, my life is complete. Yes, yes, (laughs) living that life. So you are like me, like, we're Disney-obsessed, absolutely over-the-top fanatics. And do you know how many times you've been in Disney World? Oh, uh, as an adult, three times. As a child, probably this three to four times my parents yeah. took me. I can't even count how many times. I mean, as a kid, we went like every other year. That was like our thing. Like we didn't really travel anywhere else. You know, it was like Disney was it. When we go to Disney now, I like try to like splurge a little bit, but it's over the. T- I mean, it's it, it gets expensive because you buy all the crap, and then the kids don't even play with it. Like they're there to see. Mickey Mouse. Oh my gosh! And the Bippity Boppity Boo store, which is just I've never it, done that. It is like. It's such an experience, everything. And when you go to Epcot, like, just think of the decor and the structure, architecture, and yeah. just how everything is just so top level. And it comes with the price tag, of course. Yes. You know, when you go there, you go over there for the experience, the magic. The, you know, in Disney World, magic is real. Yes. Everywhere you look, I don't care if you're not into Disney adult like us, you are smiling ear to ear. Yes. And if that's you looking at your child and seeing the the glisten and the light in their eyes, or, you know, you get back to your old childhood roots. It's it's 
It's a magical place. It's something special. I'm very inspired by Disney, the story, how they do like just execute on anything that they can really imagine. Imagineers, I mean, that's a real job. And oh I gosh. sort of like try to take that into real life too. Cause it's like, you shouldn't have to go to Disney World to like have that fantasy and that, you know, like wonder and childlike just magic. You can do that in everyday life and you should because tomorrow's not promised. Absolutely. And the content that Disney puts out there is inspirational. And, you know, why does all the moms or dads have to die have in a Disney die. movie? And then yeah. you got to, you know, they have to fight that challenge. And yeah. it, there's always death in the beginning or somewhere in the Disney movie. Do you feel like because your upbringing with Disney and, and death, it's it's allowed for you to have a better outlook on what you do for a living? You know what? I always looked at the stories uh, growing up, of course, happily ever after and stuff. But as you grow up, we were 90s babies. So our characters were stronger. They weren't like Snow White where you needed Prince Charming. Us women in the books, we became our own person and they find their own way. I actually look at movies like Moana, where she found the spirit of her ancestors and her grandmother. And I kind of see these storylines on how I could build upon as a funeral director in their own way. Like Moana's inspiration was the ancestors, remember where your roots are and, and go on. And there's the Lion King, you know, you find out who you are and who you truly are. So there's definitely these elements in these movies that I kind of play into my own life. yeah. And find inspiration on. Yeah. And as a funeral director, we do have to be there for children who are facing grief. And I would love to see if maybe Disney can put out something that's inspirational for how kids could handle grief because yeah. we grew up on it. <laughs> right. So I just had like two funerals that I had to go to back home. I'm and so sorry. oh my God, the way that you do funerals in New Orleans is like it's an ordeal. It's a multi day experience. And I pigeonholed myself into like doing that and also riding in a Mardi Gras parade. So I was feeling all the emotions. All the emotions. And it was overwhelming. And I was telling my friend Mary, whose mom passed away, it's like nothing can prepare you nothing. for what you personally are going to experience when you lose someone so close to you it's unimaginable and it's like you cannot prepare for it I mean even though Mary's mom definitely raised her to live life to the fullest I mean there was nothing unsaid I'm sure you have stories where you can sort of share like people who pass away suddenly and there's like a lot of like oh my god I didn't get to say this to them or they didn't say this to me before they passed away well that that really wasn't the case with this amazing woman she said everything and everyone said everything they felt to her too so there wasn't that but even then, it's You're never still prepared. never prepared. You just don't know how it's all going to go. The other thing that I felt was so strange, and I talked to Mary about this because it's like, I was pissed. People are so inappropriate at funerals. People would just like walk right up to Mary and it was an open casket. She's like standing next to her mother in the church and people are like walking right up to her like, okay, how did it happen? Like what exactly happened? Oh, and I'm no. just like, Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Like, like can we can we talk to somebody else about this? Not, oh, not the daughter. I'm like, anybody else in the room can kind of like tell you what happened but like is do you find that at funeral uh, no like, I don't know what they do down in the south but maybe they're a little bit more blunt but in New York yeah. we kind of you know I know people go and ask around and stuff as funeral directors we keep that confidential okay um, we're not going to say anything I know it can be overwhelming and exhausting having people come up to you and say I'm sorry for your loss the goal is for them to come and bring their favorite memories of their loved one and bring some peace or gosh maybe a smile or a warm hug but 
rare occasions where people could pull me to the side be like I gotta get out of here like they keep asking but you know when somebody suddenly does pass those people are grieving too because they didn't have that closure as yeah. well like I say we all have a ripple effect in this world of course those ripples are stronger with the inner circle our, our children and our parents and our best friends but we we change other people's lives and we affect them so maybe they are on their unique grief journey where that's how they had to get it out yeah it's not right but yeah yeah I mean the whole the whole process that whole experience is closure you know like saying the things and if you I guess if you didn't get a chance to tell the loved one anyway it it was just it was a lot I do not know how you do your job day in day out because it just seems like you're surrounded by grief I am, but I'm also surrounded by love. <laughs> it's these memories and these the, the survivors. I have to stay strong for the survivors. And for instance, I just helped a family and I did know the woman who just recently passed away. We used to um, talk about jewelry and she was just so sweet, so warm. And when she passed, I, I grieved for her. I was like, I'm not going to see her ever again. But then getting to know about her through her family, she loved Broadway and show tunes and she was a firecracker and she was a woman before her time time I had so much more appreciation and I got to learn about her and she's gonna stay within me and also when I was there with the family I know nobody wanted to do a eulogy or get up to speak they wanted to save it for reception I had a, a quiet intimate ceremony before closing the casket where I would go over her obituary some of the words the family said but also pull some themes and some stories that they told me throughout our arrangement meeting and everybody was starting to interact and open up and have that there in that sacred spot that's my job is to pull out the love in the darkness yeah pull out the light yeah yeah and these days I guess funerals have taken a whole new dimension people yes. they're not it's not always just sadness and grieving and awkwardness you know, because I think that's another thing that is like a universal like feeling where you're like, I don't know what to say, you know, depending on the circumstance. Obviously, if it's an older person, it's like, OK, we're here. If it's a younger person, it's it's even worse because oh, it's, it's like it's awful. if it's sudden, if it's, you know, I, I just it's the most it can be the most awkward thing. You have to be human. You have to be a real person. You can't just be a robot. Of course, you'd be a professional legally and also be able to guide them where the next step is. But you got to be a friend in that way and be, this really sucks right now. I know you don't want to have to do this. We shouldn't be here. But we're going to have to start the grieving process together. Yeah. And there's going to be people there that want to be there to support you. And just know that it's going to be okay, but it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. So you got to very delicate yes. and every person's different too so it's um walking on eggshells yes every day but, all day but making sure that you're putting your best foot forward yeah for them well I know for sure I think at the last the ladies luncheon um one of our members came up to you and was mm -hmm. like well she actually came to me she goes is that um is that Brittany from Glenville yep. Funeral Home yep. and I said yeah that is and she's like oh my god I have to go talk to her yeah. because whatever you did for for her she, you touched her she felt like she got through that experience with your support and she wouldn't have done it without you I mean she it was just like you could tell in her face that you absolutely impacted her so so largely and we became friends and it was kind of nice to have that that moment together and then you know life afterwards and having that 
shared bond of a new friendship because yeah. in darkness friendships can root out and I love when people come to calling hours that never met the survivors before they knew the person that passed away and they come with all these new stories and this whole new beautiful chapter of their life that they never knew about and they then connect and yeah. maybe they'll meet for tea coffee wine <laughs> yes and talk more about that loved one and share their grief together yeah, because it's interesting too. I guess I'm just thinking about this a lot because it's, you know, my my friend Mary's mom. It's just like to think about the amount of life this woman lived. Like she had so many different lives. You know, she had a, an amazing husband married for over 50 years. Wow. And then um and she lived in uh Washington and she just she lived so many different freaking lives. It's so cool. I mean, it's amazing, right? Cuz like just think about how many people she impacted, how many people she inspired, and that, a lot of that came out. Like I mean, so many people reached out to Mary again with social media. It's like you have so much more access to people, but people from all over all all of Miss Helen's life you know, reach out to Mary to sort of like share with her. And it's just overwhelming, you know, to think about like, oh my God, did I even know this lady? Because we didn't, we knew one part of her. One chapter. Yes, exactly. And that's what makes life so beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, God willing that we have many chapters and you know what, maybe today or yesterday wasn't good. Hope for tomorrow. And if you can make today the best because- You know, we're in charge of our own story. We are the authors. Yes. Okay, so speaking of which, (laughs) chapters, authors, you recently authored a chapter in a book about grief. Mm -hmm. Tell us more about that. Chapter 19, The Last Responder, Continuing for the Dead, The Grief Experience, Tools for Acceptance, Resilience, and Connection. Wow. Okay, so tell us how this all came about. Well, the lead author, Kelly Dowtry, she's a clinical counselor in Malta. And we connected because I was on the search for a grief counselor to help my families. Ah, there's many professionals in our area. But when you look at, you know, what the description of what they study and what they help families with is a bunch of other stuff. And at the bottom, you see grief and bereavement. I didn't want that. I want somebody who really focuses on the true root of our grief and how to help them on their grief journey. So Kelly does that. And that's what her main focus. So I've been sharing her with a lot of my families that need extra help. And then she came to me last February asking me if I wanted to be part of her, her collaborative book. So there's 25 authors. 11 authors are local. Oh, fun. Yes. So we're really excited to kind of make connections because we're all professionals in our own way. But the meat of the book is everybody has a grief story. And then we produce a tool to help people who are reading the book on what helped us and how we want them to move forward in their grief journey. Got it. Um, Moving forward is easier said than done. Right. And my chapter is the perspective of a funeral director, the last responder. So it's how I grieve every day as I face death every day as a funeral director and what I take from these lives that have passed but also from the survivors who give me strength every day mm-hmm. and uh, my tool is the bucket list so when you talk about your friend Mary's mother and what how she had many chapters of her life and live life to the fullest I really want to share that with the world that there's so much to appreciate in life and that you follow your heart to what makes you happy yeah and tomorrow's not promised so try to make the best of today and so I have some prompts in my tool but what I think is so cool is you know you don't get to really hear the perspective of a funeral director that's what makes it so unique but that's just my chapter I have 24 other authors in this book so if you throw a ball to the crowd and a few people catch it so some people resonate with me that's great but with these 24 other authors with their unique grief experience we're 
we're helping a lot more people because grief is different, baby, for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. And we're like, uh, is a New York best bestseller list Not already? New York bestseller. Um, we're an Amazon bestseller. Okay. Uh, we were just released February 6th. So we're definitely trending on Amazon. And uh, we are definitely on some bestseller lists. Currently, we were, we were on the grief list. Now it's um, alternative healing. So as you know, with anything, it's an algorithm. So we had an awesome launch team to help us get that book out there, get the reviews going. And it's not lost in the abyss of Amazon because yeah. how many books are out there? Right. Well, I would imagine there's not many books on grieving because it's sort of like people avoid having that conversation, which I think is a disservice because, like I said, nothing can prepare you for it. And when it does hit, um, we all know it's hap- it's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how can you do the best you can to be able to get through that experience, you know, in, in a full piece, right? Or it's unfathomable how, how difficult but yeah, I mean, it was just one of those things. I always said on record, want it to be known that when I, when I die, I want to have an open casket. I want to have like a makeup artist definitely do my face. I mean, everyone, every mortician is a makeup artist. Uh, most of them, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy how... Some like, better than others. Yeah, true. <laughs> so. so I definitely like want to look unrecognizable. That's what I say when I like go out and I go get my makeup. I'm like, make me look unrecognizable. Like I just don't, I don't wear a lot of makeup. So when I go out, I'm like, I want to look like... Done up. Yeah. Well, so we have mortuary Botox, too, so don't what? worry. Oh, yeah, oh that's God. for another conversation. <laughs> okay, so I definitely just, like, I want to finish this statement. Like, I, so at my funeral, I want it to be open casket. I want to look unrecognizable. I want to, like, the most beautiful thing ever. And I want to have, a, like, a keg at the tail end. Like, you know, like, most open caskets are just the face. Yeah. I want also my, I want the whole body to this. be out. And on my toe, I want there to be, like, a tap for the keg. Oh, I love it. So yeah. I'm fourth generation. We're going to save that for the sixth generation okay, of yeah. our family legacy. So yes. we'll, we'll put that in the prearrangement. Okay? Yes, put it in the prearrangement. <laughs> awesome. But also you like, like funeral directors, they are doing everything because even like at the wake or what, the viewing, it's like mm-hmm. you're putting on an event, you know, you got to like Absolutely. remind the family they need food and drinks and then. Yeah, it's it's customer service. It's uh, making sure everyone's comfortable. It, it, like you said, it's a, it's an event and yeah. we want to make sure the light looks right. We want to make sure that the place smells lovely. I mean, we have changed the scent there from Christmas pine in the middle of July because they love Christmas to beautiful gardenias because that was their favorite flower. Yeah. So it's um it's a full on sensory aroma essence of the person. Yes, yes. And then when I mean you have to coordinate with the hospital, you have to coordinate with I mean it's the family and it, there's a health like a health Churches. situation, right? You're dealing yes. with and so it's like I, again, I really don't know how you do it. I think like thank God for you and thank God for funeral directors all over the world. To do, who choose to do this for a living. Thank you so much. Um, so, okay, back to the book. We're going to have a launch party here at Palette. Yes, so, t- we are. tell us more about that. On Leap Day. <laughs> I love it. February 29th, 5 to 7 p.m. here at Palette in Saratoga. We're going to have a fabulous evening with all the local authors, as well as some that are traveling from out of town. So, we're going to kind of have like a, in a way, speed dating, <laughs> you can call it, um, tables for each author, and a little bit more about us. We're going to have some books for sale. If you would like our signature, I'll have to practice my. Disney autograph. Autograph, yes. (laughs) Uh, But we're just here as a resource, but also connection, like the book title. You're here with other people who went through a grief journey. Maybe my grief is the same as yours and we can connect. But there's going to be authors that have lost children, uh, lost parents, lost siblings, Mm -hmm. uh, ambiguous grief 
which is grief of, for example, a career that you thought you were going to have, but then you never got it and you have to grieve that. So grief is every day. So I'm excited for people to connect with our authors. There will be a book reading of each excerpt. And awesome. It, and also champagne. I love it. Always. Sponsored by the Glenville Funeral Home Champagne. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, did I ever tell you we tried to do a grief group here at Palette? We called it Good Grief because mm-hmm. I kept on saying, like, there is a silver lining to grief. There are connections being made. There's healing being done. There's, you know, just a transformation that's happening. And, like, we should have a conversation around it. And I was really in over my head. And so maybe we, we can, can revisit that. We should revisit Absolutely. it with all of your you know grieving experience maybe we need to bring back good grief I love that idea yeah awesome well thank you so much for being here thank you. I feel like it was a speed round we're gonna have to have you have you come back well I'm off to we're buying a dealership in Glenville like so a car dealership a car dealership that's why I'm dressed like a car dealership I love this what is that movie was it Aaron Matilda Brock? have you ever seen Matilda oh, yes. I feel oh, like yes. um Danny DeVito right now, but my husband, I'm so proud of him. He'll put me in a casket if I don't show up there on time for the uh, <laughs> closing in Albany. So Okay, where's the dealership located? Freeman's Bridge Road in Glenville, okay. uh, right across the Walmart in Glenville. And it's used cars? It's going to be used cars and love also this. a repair. Oh and, my God, yes. I am so excited. I want to come like on-site visit oh, and absolutely. Like, I, test I wanna, drive some cars. I want to bring back like the old, like I don't know if you remember were here with the Facillo commercials. Oh, but, I know. Uh, with um oh with Caroline I'm huge. gonna be Caroline <laughs> huge yeah I used to like be mortified he must have, did he sold he sold all of his dealerships he, his he son, did he died he and did. then his he son passed away Rest he passed peace. away he was an icon in this area he, he was something a loud icon but well quite, quite the legacy that we're even talking hey yeah we're continuing we his go. legacy we're talking about him that's awesome anyway I think that there's future content field trip seriously yeah. Catherine field trip to this drive digital. Drive Digital yeah. is the name of the dealership. Yep. We're, we're, we're millennials. We're being cool with the name. We're not naming it. I love it. Furman Automobile. <laughs> <laughs> well, Drive Digital. DriveDigital.com. You look very prepared to go to an attorney's I'm, office and I'm buy ready. a car dealership right now. <laughs> well, always I'm, so much fun with you. I know. You. I'm just I so talk proud. to you all day. I know. Me too. I'm just like, I'm so like proud and, and happy for you that you just like keep going and going and going. Thank you. I, I, you and Marcella always give me strength and inspiration and friendship so my hat goes off to you too thank you thank you thank you thank you this week's facepalm mom moment is more like a face dad moment because i wasn't actually there to experience this but it's sunday it is ski day so all three girls are in ski lessons so we have to divide and conquer so mark took zia and i took posy and ruby i took a break from watching posy because she was like doing really big s turns and doing great job and i was like very impressed and everything but i was like oh my god i still haven't seen ruby do anything because i was out of town the last couple of times that they were doing ski lessons this is at willard mountain so i'm walking back towards like the little kernel area where the kids are the little ones are and mark is like crying laughing i'm like oh my god what happened so zia my four-year-old she does a little joke that she does with with people like I think when she gets nervous or whatever so it's this little trick where she tells you she holds her hand open and she says open open my finger so she you do this if you're like you know playing along with her she tells you 
to stick your finger in her hand. And so you stick your finger in and she says, okay, swirl it around. And it's so cute. You got to picture her saying this. She's swirl around and she goes, okay, take your finger out. Okay, now close my thumb. And she closes them and she'll tell you, thanks for cleaning my toilet. And it's just like something you just don't expect for her to say because she's adorable and it's just got this cute little voice. Anyway, I'm walking back up to Mark and I'm like on the way to go look at Ruby, who's in another section. And she goes, oh my God, Zia just made the ski instructor do the toilet trick. <laughs> And it's just so funny because all the ski instructors at Willard, the, ma- the majority of them are like older men. I'm so bummed that I didn't get to witness Zia telling this old man <laughs> to the toilet toiletry. But I think they were waiting for her turn to go. And I just can't even picture Zia being like, hey, old man, <laughs> stick your finger in my hand. And anyway, so Mark said he cracked up laughing and the guy like belly laughed because it was adorable and so funny. And I think just like totally not expecting this little sweet angel child to do a potty joke. Anyway, that's my facepalm mom moment. You know, kids just say the darndest things. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And if you want to connect with me, slide into my DMs on Instagram. My handle is Katherine Hover.